You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. That was Amazing Grace by Integrity Instrumental Music where the song says, I was lost, but now I'm found. Amazing Grace. Well, welcome once again to another hour or so with the Women of Grace. And we have been studying out of our workbook called Preparation of the Bride. If you would like to get more information on how to obtain this workbook, please write us at womenofgrace at disciples.com. That's womenofgrace at disciples.com. Well, glory to God, Sister Janine. Sister Janine is on the line. Praise the Lord. I believe, Sister, that you're supposed to bring forth the lesson tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord, yes. Hi, Sister Jackie. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> well, glory to God. I'm excited to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has imparted into you to share with the women of grace, hallelujah, here tonight on in our class. Praise the Lord. Um, did you want to lead off in prayer? Did you want me to lead off in prayer? Uh, you can lead off in prayer. Well, praise God. Father, we just thank you. We just glorify you. We magnify you. We thank you, Father, for your great grace. We thank you, Father, for your incompassible power, Father, that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you for the blood of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, that was shed on Calvary for us, that we may be reconciled back to you by the washing in the blood of Christ. We thank you for the gift of salvation and that, Lord, by your spirit, you had drawn us to you so that we can hear the gospel of salvation. Thank you for giving us a heart and a mind to receive this gift, this freedom, O oh Lord God, from uh, the kingdom of darkness, Father. And as we go into our study, Father, the preparation of the bride, hallelujah, entering into the king's chamber where we receive revelations from you, O Lord. We ask, O Father, by the Holy Spirit, your spirit, that you illuminate our hearts and our minds to receive what you are saying to us individually and as a body. We thank you, Father. I ask, O Father, that you would grace Sister Janine, Father, Father, illuminate our heart and our mind, Father, and that you would lay the words upon our tongue, Father, that would come and minister to the people, Father, to the women, Lord God, the women of grace, O oh, Father. And, Father, that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, Father, through her. We thank you for, for Sister Janine, O oh, Lord God, and we bless her, Father. We thank you, Father, in the name of your Son, Yeshua, the Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, Sister Janine, I'm going to hand over the floor to you. Hallelujah. And I'm going to go on mute, and I'm going to sit, and I'm going to listen, and I'm going to follow what the Spirit is saying 
coming from you. Glory to God. Well, praise God. And Sister Jackie, I'm going to need you to um, interact with me uh, as I go through questions 17 through 28 tonight. Uh, How uh, interesting the Internet is down. Uh, Our service is having a problem. So all of my scriptures that I had on the laptop, I can't access some scriptures. So I'm going to need your assistance with that. Amen? Amen. 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 So I'm excited. Okay. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, um, it's an honor uh, to be able to break bread with you once again on a uh, Saturday night on uh, Shabbat Shalom on the Sabbath. And uh, I'm very excited. I actually um, delve into the word right away when you gave me the assignment. And uh, I want to kind of talk about last week's um, lesson before I uh, go into uh, the second part of study two, questions 17 through 28. And last week, it it was so um, awesome last week. We talked a lot about the heart last week, and we talked about words like uh, contrite and broken and humble and uh, what happens with the broken heart and who actually heals the broken heart. The Lord is the only one who can do that. And then we talked about what true repentance is and when we – fall into uh, moral sin or any forms of sin, we should be broken up about it. But we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is like ready and willing and quick to forgive us of our sins when we repent. And so it really, really touched my heart last week. And uh, the Shulamite woman, uh, how she she wanted to hang out with Jesus. She wanted her in, inner man to be dealt with. And um, in Christ's dealings with us, what happens is um, we begin to reflect the Son. We we should reflect his nature, his character, his love, his attributes, uh, the fruit of the spirit. And so uh, she knew that her flesh was ugly. She knew that her heart was desperately wicked. She knew these things. And when God is dealing with us, he reveals those things to us. So we talked about that, and we talked about the progression uh, of the believer's walk last week. It was so good. And one thing that I want to emphasize uh, as I go forth in these questions, we have to remember that uh, Song of Solomon is a poem about love. Amen. It's a poem about the love of God and his love towards us and how he wants to um, have a deep-rooted relationship with us and how he wants to deal with the unsubmitted soul of man and he wants it to be changed. 
from the inside out. He wants to deal with the mind, the intellect, the emotions, and the will. And he wants the soul, the soulish nature to be brought under the control of the spirit. And that's where the king wants to deal with us. And where does he deal with us? Amen. Uh, like this, he deals with us in the secret place when we spend intimate time with him. When we run away with him, when we hide in our word, when we feast upon the word and we spend time in prayer and when we minister uh, the song of the Lord to him and at night when we go to bed, he begins to deal with our hearts. That is so awesome. And question 17, the question is, to what is the pathway of the just likened? Well, first of all, we have to realize that the gospel is hidden. This is not something that you see immediately with your natural eye. It has to come by way of revelation. Amen? And so... This pathway, the pathway that this question is referring to is the dealings of God. Amen. And so let's go to Proverbs 4.18. Praise the Lord. Uh, In Proverbs 4.18, the scripture speaks of his uh, destiny shines with ever-rising promise. Okay, and Proverbs 4 and 18 is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. And so what happens is the Lord begins to shine literal light upon the dark areas of our soul or the dark areas of our heart. He begins to uh, expose it. And what happens in worship, what happens when we spend intimate time with the Lord, he begins to undress us, and we begin to really see ourselves as we truly are. And sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes it is not pretty. Have you ever um, Amen. been out in the sun at high noon, I mean, that's the brightest time that the sun is shining during high noon. And you try to look up at that sun without sunglasses, what, what really happens to your eyes? You can't gaze upon the sun like that. You can't look into the light of the sun. Well, that's how the light of Christ is when he reveals dark areas of our souls. Sin nature, you know, wickedness, uh, corrupt things in the heart because the word teaches us the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Mm. We we know ourselves most of the time. We don't know ourselves most of the time. If you could read Isaiah chapter 26, verse 7, uh, I have a few scriptures I'd like for you to read if you don't mind. Oh, Sister Jackie. Isaiah 26, verse 7. Isaiah 26, verse 7. Yes. And, of course, I'm going to read this out the Amplified Bible. Yes. The way of the constantly righteous 
those living in moral and spiritual rectitude in every area and relationship of their lives is level and straight. You, O Lord, who are upright, direct aright, and make level the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous. Praise God. You used the word, well, the word level was in the Amplified Version. And when we, that word level also uh, means balance, perpendicular. It means to be straight. It means to be, uh, you know how when we're bent over, we're crooked. But this literally means to be straight. Mm. It means upright. It means to be correct. In the book of Psalm 37, it talks about uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Yes. Meaning that we are straight, perpendicular. We're not bent over in our ways or in our heart. We're Mm. correct. We are in right standing with the Lord. Mm. And that is what happens when the light of Christ through the word of God shines on every dark area of our soul, the soulless nature, the seat of the soul, our mind, our will, our intellect, anything contrary to the mind of God, our behavior, be it um, in our character or whatever, when God begins to deal with us, It's actually a beautiful thing because what he does is he begins to cause us to stand up straight. Actually, Mm. the deal of the mind as well. There's a saying in the world, keep it 100 or come correct. Well, actually, what happens to us is we come correct with God. When he's dealing with us, if you could go to Matthew five, Matthew chapter five, verse fourteen, and and read that. Matthew's chapter five, verse fourteen reads, "You are the light of the world. A city <laughs> set on a hill cannot be hidden." Now read verse forty-five. Of that same chapter, uh, Matthew 5, verse 45. Okay. Um, Verse 45 reads, To show that you are the children of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the wicked and on the good, and makes the rain fall upon the upright and the wrongdoers alike. So nothing can be hidden from the Lord. But let's go to Matthew 5 and 14. You are a city set up on a hill that cannot be hid. That is so awesome because as you spend time with the Lord, what happens is you begin to exude the nature and the character of Christ. God is love. Everything about him is love. But guess what? Those whose minds are darkened can actually recognize and see that light. Amen. I'm going to give you an example. I went to Dunkin' Donuts yesterday evening, giving all glory to Yah. He gets all the glory for this. Amen. 
we don't take his glory. I was out uh, buying a coffee and some donuts, and there was a, a, a gentleman who appeared to be homeless. Hear me clearly, appeared to be homeless. We have to be uh, careful not to judge anything before it's time because we don't know. We could be entertaining angels unawares. And I'm in Dunkin' Donuts, and this man was standing in the door, and he was just staring at me. It's not that I'm all that beautiful or anything. It had nothing to do with that. And out of his mouth he said, he said, oh, my goodness. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't leave out of the store. I had to just... I have to take a look at you. You're something to behold. Now, to God be all the glory. He wasn't flirting with me or anything. But what I believe occurred was Matthew 5.14. The light of Yah, the light of Yeshua, was shining so bright upon my life that I Amen. was in the light. And he saw it because my word and your word just said we are a city set upon a hill that can never be hid. There is no amount Amen. of makeup, Mary Kay, Mac, makeup, uh, whatever we use, um, uh, Maybelline or nothing can outshine the light of Christ upon our lives. And when we are pursuing the Lord, when we are like the Shulamite woman, running after God, chasing after God, God flips the script and he begins to run after us because he wants to do something for us. Amen. Amen. And God reigns on the just and the unjust, and I believe that individual, I don't know his, who he was, I don't know anything about him. I don't know him as far as a man is on the moon, but he recognized the light of the Lord. I really believe that's what he, I mean, I could feel, you know how when you know somebody is like looking at you? At mm -hmm. first I didn't see him, and then I, I got an unction in my spirit to turn around, and his head was, he, he had leaned his head to the side. He said, I just, I just couldn't leave the place. And I give the Lord all the glory for that because when we are in right standing with God, wherever we go, we're like that sun that shineth at the highest place of noonday, during high noon, and we are seen. The enemy even recognizes us. And guess what? He stays away from us. Amen. It's if you could turn your Bible to Philippians chapter 2, my apologies, uh, I was depending on the Internet, and, you know, I'm house-sitting and left my hard Bible at home, so I can't access it on the Internet or through my phone right now. Uh, Philippians oh, chapter mm -hmm. 2, verse 5. Philippians chapter 2. Yeah. Uh, verse 5. Verse 5. Uh, still on 17. It's, it's that awesome. And it reads... <laughs> yeah. Amen. Go ahead, Sister Jackie. Let the same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which mm -hmm. was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in <laughs> humility. Praise the Lord. Woo! 
See, we cannot take God's glory. When the Lord uh, kisses us or when the Lord shines favor upon us or when the Lord reveals himself to us, because that's what this particular uh, question is leading all the way to question 28. God wants to reveal himself to us, not only in our hearts, but in, the, in our minds and the seeing of our eyes as well. Amen? And it's a humble place to be. It's humbling. We didn't choose the Lord. He chose us. And he only reveals himself to those whom he wills. But how does that occur? We have to spend time feasting upon the word of God, the living word. Amen. Give us this day our daily bread, Father. Amen. Amen. I have one more scripture for you uh, in Second Samuel, Second Samuel, chapter twenty-three. Second Samuel, chapter twenty-three, verse four. Verse four. And it reads: He dawns on them like the morning light. When the sun rises on a cloudless morning, when the tender grass springs out of the earth through clear, shining after rain. Praise the Lord. Woo! That's awesome. Woo! That is so awesome. After the rain. Read that one more time, Sister Jackie. That is so good. He draws on them like the morning light. When the sun rises on a cloudless morning, when the tender grass springs out of the earth through clear shining after rain. He draws on them. Wow, that's so awesome. He draws on them. Draws. That draws is not literally drawing a picture. Draw means to, it's almost like put a demand on the anointing in your life or to pull something from Mm. you. To pull something from you, to draw from you, just like you would draw water from the well. We are to be a type of people that many can draw from because there is healing in the light of Yah. People are drawn to us when they see that light. People don't want to be around people who are cantankerous, people who are mean. Who wants to be around negativity? Nobody wants to be around that. People are drawn to positive, life-giving individuals. So Yeshua not only draws from us, but he places his light in us so others can draw from us. Amen? Amen. So let's go to question 18. As we put away wickedness and trust in the Lord, as we put away wickedness and trust in the Lord, what will be the result? Job chapter 11, verses 13 through 19, then I shall lift up my face without spots. Wow. I shall be steadfast and shall not fear. My conscience will be clear because, one, I have dealt with the 
wickedness in my heart, the sin in my heart. And I've turned away from the darkness and have turned into his marvelous light. And I've placed my trust in Yeshua. And because of that, I can lift up my face without any guilt. I can come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy, to find grace to help in any time of need. And I'll be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of Yeshua. And I will not be afraid because the righteous is what? Bold as a lion. This is the result of putting away wickedness and trusting in the Lord. Amen. So the main, isn't that awesome? Yes. So the main Amen. <laughs> the maiden is like those who ask the Lord for the pathway to spiritual maturity. I believe it was Paul who said uh, or talked much about the meat of the word and to get away from the milk, that way we can teach others. Okay, so the maiden is like those who ask the Lord for the pathway to spiritual maturity, those who desire the path of rest with God in the fullness of his life and in full fellowship with him. Such do not wish to be a part of companies of people who follow men of God his companions, rather than the Lord himself. This is symbolized by the flocks of his companions. And so such do not wish to be a part of companies of people who follow men of God, his companions. They, Galatians, Paul wrote in Galatians um, a text of scripture that talked about being a man pleaser rather than a uh, yes. Than God, and I believe that's what this is talking about. When when you develop a relationship of maturity, spiritual maturity, and you desire the path of rest uh, with God, and in the fullness of His light and full fellowship with Him, when you have intimacy with Him, all that other stuff, it doesn't matter. As a matter of fact. Uh, you have no concern about the opinions of man. All you care about is pleasing Yah. Amen. That's what, who you care about. You care about pleasing the Lord. As a matter of fact, now this is not saying you don't have fellowship with other believers. But you don't have issues uh, in the area of rejection any longer because you are confident in Yah. You are so confident in Him, and you know, that you don't need the validation or approval of others, and yet you are still uh, not what they call a lone ranger or an island all to yourself. You understand that the fellowshipping or breaking of bread with other believers is for a purpose, and it's all about kingdom, not about uh, religion or, quote, unquote, churchy, if you will. It's about kingdom. Amen? Amen. 
Amen. Question 19, into what are we called then? Into what are we called? 1 Corinthians 1 and 9 says, we are called into the fellowship of his son. No, wait, did I read that right? Did it say we are called into the fellowship of Mm-mm. Jackie and Jean and Jackie and Janine and Laura and Bill? Are we called into the fellowship of people or the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord? By Jesus Christ. That's who we are called into the fellowship. 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 That's cornelia with God. That's having a relationship, dialogue with the Lord, not monologue. It's not a one-sided thing. Fellowship is not one-sided. It's relationship. It's developing and building a meaningful friendship with the Lord. It's not one-sided. And that is the problem that many faiths, they have a one-sided relationship. You know, it's like when you are being courted by your guy, um, but he's all into it, but you don't care for him like that. That's what is called unrequited love or vice versa. You're into him, but he's not reciprocating. Right, right. That's a right. relationship. Right. God doesn't want a one-sided relationship because what he's looking for is to be able to share his heart with us. But he has to deal with our heart before he can share his secrets with us. And when you're in a friendship, when you're in a relationship, when it's pure and when it's solid, and you you know that you know that person loves you and you love yes. them, you begin to become vulnerable and you begin to share your secrets with that person when you are in a a um, uh, relationship that is fellowship that is a dual duality type thing, not monologue. Because when we have a relationship with someone, that's like me calling you on the phone, Jackie, and I do the entire talking the whole time, and you just listen. Mm. A lot of people like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And that's how we do the Holy Spirit, too. We just do all the talking. Mm. And we don't even acknowledge the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Hukadesh. We don't mm. say good morning to him. He's a person. He has feelings. He wants to instruct us. He's the Paracletus, the one that walketh beside us. This is who Jesus sent to us. This is God. He wants a relationship with us. And so we are called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's not just our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our big brother. He's our advocate. He's our friend. Amen? Amen. Question 20. 
this right here, this right here got me. What rebuke did the early church receive? Boy, I tell you, the Lord put a mm. word in Paul's mouth. First mm. Corinthians chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. Can you read that, if you don't mind? Yes, let me read that. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12 reads, What I mean is this, that each one of you either says, I belong to Paul, or mm-hmm. I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, Peter, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ the Messiah divided into parts? Was Paul <laughs> crucified on behalf of you? Or were you right. baptized into the name of Paul? Hmm. Yeah, that wow. this right here, I know. He rebuked them because of their division. And the word division, if you break the word division up, it's di hyphen vision. And that word di means two. Mm-hmm. Two visions. And a wow. house divided cannot stand. That's what my word teaches me. Wow. Only one vision. We are only called to the fellowship of who? Christ, Christ. Jesus, Amen. our Lord in verse 19. We are not called to Joe. Mm. Over at the Baptist church down the road, down the way. Mm. We're not called to feel over at the um, <laughs> A, B, C, D, E, M, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Church of the Living God, uh, mm. Christ, the Rock I Stand. We are not called to Laura, Free Baptist Church, because we are filled with love today, we're called to Christ mm. Jesus our Lord. Those yes. were my funny little names of churches. The, Christ, this is, the kingdom is an organism. It's not about a person, place, mm. or thing. Yes. This is kingdom. Mm. Amen. There's only one vision. Christ had one vision. He had a world vision, not a me, myself, and I vision. Mm. Amen? Amen. And so Paul almost ripped his clothes to shreds because he had to tell, why are you all looking at me? Why are you all debating and fighting over this? Mm, Denominations. Do I have a heaven Mm -hmm. or a hell to put you in? Mm, mm, mm. So so why are you all, why why are you church on the north corner, church on the east corner, church on the west corner, and Mm. church on the south corner? Why won't you all come together in the spirit of love and in unity because Christ is not divided? But you yes. are fighting over trivial matters. Mm. You're fighting over, mm. but you're not baptized in Jesus' name, and you baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, you don't pray in tongues, but you do. You're fighting over things that you shouldn't be fighting over. Is Christ divided? 
And that is the problem. It's denominational wars, wars and rumors of wars with denominations. Christ is not divided. Amen. Amen. Mm. Question 21. Mm. And not wanting to be a veiled one, how does the maiden's desire remind us of our being unveiled? Wow. This was beautiful. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 15 through 18, if you'd like to read that, I'd appreciate it. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15, and I'm going to read this out the, uh, I'm going to read this out the Word of Yah Bible. <clears throat> All right. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, now I'm going to read that out of the Amplified. Okay. Yes, down to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies upon their minds and hearts. Mm -hmm. But whenever a person turns in repentance mm -hmm. to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, yes. emancipation from yes. bondage, freedom. Yes. Yes. Uh, we praise the Lord. And all yes. of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as mm -hmm. in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are yes. constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Praise Amen. the Lord. That is so awesome. We must desire, as she did, for our hearts to be turned to the Lord so that we may know him. Amen. I remember when I got saved, and it is so true, it is like the scales fell off of my eyes and, and my mind was opened. It was like the veil was rent, and you could see clearly. And, and repentance is not only turning from sin or changing your mind, but as you study the Word, as you break down the Word, as you study to show yourself approved unto God, as you do these things, what happens is, the darkened mind or that soul nature, that inward man, begins to change. And the light of the Lord begins to shine on those dark places, and you begin to have discernment. Mm. You begin to understand. You begin yes, to see, Lord. just like question 17 says, is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. He illuminates our mind, our souls. Wearing a veil was the custom of women during Bible times. Their faces could only be seen by their husbands. The maiden desires to have her face uncovered that she might look intently into the bridegroom's face. That's what I would want to do. 
We as believers desire that our hearts might be open to God so that we might receive the revelation of himself. I don't know about you, Sister Jackie, but I want to see. Me too. Amen. And I remember as a little girl, I used to be scared of things. I didn't like being in the dark. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even like the game of being blindfolded. I didn't like that. You know? And so here in the note, it talks about she wants her face uncovered so she can look intently into his face, the bridegroom's face. Oh, and I remember when I got married, you walking down the aisle, you cannot wait to get close to the bridegroom so you can just look in his face, intently in his face, because you want to see his expression. Amen. Amen. Do you have anything you want to say at this point before I go on into 22nd? No, go ahead. (laughs) What instruction does the bridegroom give out of Song of Solomon 1 and 8? Well, the instruction out of the NAS um, Bible says, Go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock. Feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tent. We're going to break this down a little bit further once we get into question 24. But that word kids, that word kids is a representative of young converts or the goats, a representative of young converts, young believers. These are babes in Christ. We have to be so careful how we handle them, how we, um, as under-shepherds, instruct them and guide them. The Lord takes it very seriously. Amen? Yes, amen. What meaning can this instruction have for the Christians? We have three scriptures which we're not going to break down. Um, We can all uh, look at these at a later time. Hebrew chapter 6, verse 12. Hebrew 13 and 7. And 1 Peter 2 and 21. What meaning can this instruction have for Christians? So Mm -hmm. that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Mm -hmm. So that you will not be sluggish, lazy, Mm. procrastinators, slackers. Paul said they kept their eyes. 